We're back. Yeah. How do we do this? Remember. Um, well, I think the key is is that we're gonna have to figure out how to do this while you wrestle with the fact that you are about eight feet underneath a raccoon right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of names for it on the way up here. <laughs> like cheeky names, but I didn't do well because it's early. But I haven't heard it this morning, which is worst case scenario for our church is if that thing dies. Yeah. Because then the air is going to kick on and it's just, I mean, it's And it's a just going to flood the whole. Okay, let's give you a little context. Uh, right now, Thomas and I are recording this episode of Ancient and New together in the same space, which is, it's been a minute since we've been together. Um, but we're recording this episode in the lobby of Triple C. And in the lobby of Triple C, <laughs> there is an, a system of ductwork that carries hot and cold air based on what, what we need um, and, you know, pours it into the, into the auditorium. Well, the ductwork is here in the lobby, and yesterday we heard some skittering in there. So we were, I was like, oh, man, we've got like a rat or something up in the ductwork. And Thomas said, my vote... <laughs> In the text thread, he said, uh, for our staff, he said, my vote is possum. I think it's a possum. So then when I, yesterday, when well, because I, I got here, up there to try to, I got up there to try to figure out the situation. And well, I, the thing that was great to me was when I heard the story secondhand, I mean, there was the way you told it to me, which was like, I got up there and sorted it. It's a, it's a raccoon. And I was like, cool. And then I got a little more of the story from Kristen Levesey later. Which was that you're up on a ladder. You're up on you're a six three man up on a twelve foot ladder. We have tall ceilings. And um and then Kristen and Tamara, the Ukrainian lady that cleans our church, were like <laughs> with broom handles hitting the uh yeah, ductwork. Yeah, yeah. Trying to convince it to move down towards the exchange yeah. near you. So you're looking through the diffuser. And it turns a corner and hisses at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're two feet from each other. Kristen said, "No matter how much metal's between us, that's a little freaky." There, Kristen said he almost came out of his skin and fell off of the ladder. Okay, she said he was terrified. <laughs> that's baloney. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> the okay, the what, what was the, what was the actual level level of your terror? I was scared. It, but not in like a, I'm going to die away, but in like a, ooh, I'm two feet from a raccoon. Like logically in my head, I can say there's a metal grate between us. It can't get to me. But you get hissed at by a wild animal that's two feet from your face when you're up on a ladder. That's a little <laughs> freaky. <laughs> when you're already a man with bad ankles. Yeah. And everything's, yeah. It, the thing that was funny to me is we asked Tamara, like, have you heard this? And she was, she was like, yeah, which are, uh, the lady who cleans our church is a Ukrainian refugee who yes. doesn't speak any English. I mean, enough to say hello, Basically good not. morning. Yeah. Um, She's and, really sweet, really great. Yeah. But yeah. she could tell what we were doing. And we asked her, have you, have you heard this before? And she walked us down to the studio, oh. which is 30 yards that way, and pointed to those air ducts. And she said, yeah, up here all the time. Oh, no. Which is your office. So that's a little concerning that you haven't noticed <laughs> Look, my, <laughs> you haven't noticed it. <laughs> Look, my 
we're not we're not here to discuss my hearing abilities. <laughs> oh man, we we all know what the state of my hearing. is. Our church is going to smell thirty times better when you get nose to nose with an air duct that has a raccoon in it. You realize, oh, that is a stench, man. It's so bad. There's hair caked inside of those air ducts. Oh. I don't know how it gets in. And this is disgusting. Nobody's going to want to come to our church. But. That's true. That's true. This is this is the opposite of like a seeker friendly uh, church type situation. Yeah. No. This is a. It's like, hey, come to Triple C. We have a raccoon living in the uh, ductwork. Someone out there doesn't know where we're from, and because you and I have, we don't have accents like a lot of people who live around us we don't you don't think we do no i i mean i think if we went i think if you dropped us in somewhere who had a, a starkly different accent than we did they would say where are you from i'm pretty sure everybody in brooklyn that i met was like oh country bumpkin yeah i've had people just straight up tell me hey what you're from tennessee you don't have an accent yeah i don't understand and i just because i don't know anyways I'm just saying, somewhere out there is listening to this, and they didn't know we were from Tennessee, but immediately they knew we were from Tennessee because we have a raccoon. Because we have a raccoon wandering around the state rodent, I believe, the state mammal. (laughs) Maybe the raccoon is interested in the gospel. Like maybe it's like Zacchaeus climbing a sycamore tree just to get a glimpse of Jesus. (laughs) I was still believe yesterday he came to prayer. I mean, he was here, dude. That's the name of the raccoon. What is Zacchaeus? Yes. You were trying to think of a name, and it was right there in front of us the whole time. Oh, we're so we're such because if if people. the if if Zacchaeus had come to Sunday morning worship, he wouldn't have been able to see anything. He's so little, like yeah. everybody's standing up, clapping, worshiping the Lord. Slash, it would have been a raccoon. In our, maybe he just has enough common sense to know I gotta I gotta go where I can't be seen, yo. I'd love to see that guy clapping his little hands to the worship songs. You know, it's freaky. They do have hands, bro. They do. <laughs> they straight up have hands. Mam- I think they're mammals by definition. But um, the, one of my favorite bits in the Guardians of the Galaxy um, property is the fact that every character that interfaces with Rocket calls him a different thing. Yeah, yeah. So like Squirrel. Yondu. Uh, is, is it Yondu that calls him Squirrel? I don't remember. I'm about to watch Guardians. And Thor calls him Rabbit. Yeah, Rabbit. And uh, Peter Quill calls him a trash panda. <laughs> and he's like, wait, is that is that worse or better? And, he, and Peter's like, it's so much worse. <laughs> but when he gets called a raccoon, he's like, I am not a raccoon. Welcome to Ancient New. That's a great New. line. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Ancient and New. Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to... Talk about some scriptures that are encouraging us or challenging us this week. And do you have one uh, scripture to take us to, T? Sure. Well, take us, my man. Okay. Welcome home, by the way. Thanks. So glad you're back. Welcome home to you. Oh, thanks, pal. Wait, I've been here for a long time. Oh, okay. I just thought we were saying stuff. Oh, okay. Where are we going? (laughs) Romans 5. Romans (laughs) chapter 5. Yeah. (sighs) Have you ever wondered, like, if we went back and listened to us do this in 2017, would it, would we have, have we like dramatically changed and just not realized it huh. with that amount of time elapsed? That's a good question. Like I'm thinking right now, am I going to do this the same way I used to do it? Cause I haven't, we haven't done this format in weeks. I don't know. I think we're going to find out together, but I'm personally not going to go back to 2017 and listen to any of those episodes. Me neither. 
Yeah. Sorry for the tongue click. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start in verse six. Um, sometimes you read something that you know pretty well already. Yeah. And it just clicks something in your brain really early in the morning before you even had coffee. And you're just like, oh, hmm. I didn't realize how much I needed that today. Hi there, buddy. Hey. Um, and sometimes it turns out to be pretty monumental in your faith. I don't know that yet because this was literally this morning. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is Romans 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, some cool stuff after that. I'll just read it because I think it's cool. But since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Um, yeah, I just, uh, I woke up this morning and I, I read this and, you know, as a, uh, like I was having, I was having this conversation a little bit yesterday with a high school friend of mine and, um, and I just realized in talking to him that, uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of your, like, and I don't know how, uh, clinical this is, but I do, there's in a lot of ways, like things that get ingrained in you early are things you're going to struggle with for a long time, whether you have antidotes for those and you get better at it. That's true. But like, uh, you're going to come back to a lot of the same things. I, I, and like, I'm, I'm speaking spiritually right now. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into like a, I don't know, like a psychological birth order conversation or whatever, but like, I do feel like, uh, and I don't like, I remember one time I asked a friend of mine to teach me to play the piano. He was really good when I was in high school and he was like, no, you're, you're, he was just being a jerk. He was being silly, but he just said, um, no, we're past the, uh, you're past the critical learning period. So I can't teach you. And I was like, Oh wow. I know it was silly. He was totally goofing around, but like there's a, there's a thing about like, there's a, there's periods of your life where things I think get ingrained really deeply and they're hard to unstitch. And, uh, one of those for me is just about like, uh, just kind of the op, a lot of what the opposite of this is saying, just like, uh, wondering why things happen. And if there's a reason why something happened to me in a negative way, what did I do to cause that? What happened spiritually in my life today? What sin did I do? What have I not right. done well enough? Um, have I earned, uh, have I earned my sleep today because I've done enough good things? Have I, you know what I mean? Like, and this is not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not like, I'm saying some stuff right now and I don't want you to think like, man, Thomas is, Thomas is really fighting a battle every day. Um, this is more of like a, I find myself slipping there. Now at 29, it's a lot less often than 18, but like it's still in there somewhere and I have to fight it. But I read this this morning and I thought, okay, if this is true, um, the fact that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Like while we were still, you know what I mean? Like this wasn't a thing of like we got good and then he decided to die for us. We got I mean like Jesus came into this world in the middle of yuck and mess and uh 
thousands of years of that before him walking the earth. And then now we're a couple thousand years after with people still doing the same stuff, like just in the middle of sin. It's just all around him, people being sinful everywhere. Yet he died for us in the middle of that. It, it wasn't like a, hey, let me let me make sure everybody gets their act. Nobody did. Nobody got their act together. It never happened yeah, yeah. that way. It was, it was years and years and years of people saying, guys, 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 let's get it together. Let's figure it out. This isn't what the Lord wants for us. And people just basically saying, eh, whatever, killing people who said stuff like that. Um, and I just woke up this morning. And I realized, okay, if this is true, like Christ died for me and chose me knowing that I'm going to be sinful. I'm going to mess up. And yet he loved me so much to do that, which I think is just such a cool thing. And I realized, okay, if I believe that to be true, then it can, I can go ahead and get rid of, I can like for this day that I'm in right now on July, whatever it is, 19th, I think, uh, I can push all the thoughts out of my head. The, why would this happen? Um, am I being punished? Have I done enough? Am I going to be able to be good enough today? Am I going to have like, am I going to do enough to where like if I died today, I would go to heaven. Like all these things that like could somehow and somehow in my life just dip their toe in the water of my brain every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And in my heart, I can go ahead and just push those to the side and say, wait a second. Hold on one second. Categorically. Yeah. Wait, I know today Christ died for me while I was still a mucked up mess and sinful and I believe that to be true. Okay. I'm not being punished. I'm not in trouble. I don't have to earn anything. I, I just know that I believe this in the, in the core right. of my being. Therefore, I can just rest and have peace in that today. So it was a really helpful thing for me to kick my day off with. And it's one of those things where like, if you've been around this faith much, you've heard that bit in Romans 5 probably a lot. And, uh, to me, it's anchored to, uh, I, I, I hear Patsy sing, I hear Patsy saying it because when I was, uh, when I was in college, I, I was literally going to mention this. Yeah. So when I was in college, you, well, right when I graduated high school, you gave us a CD, the, the, the graduating seniors of songs from an old podcast that we still sometimes kind of do called the water tower. And if you're ever like, what's that from? It's because there's a giant water tower that sits right above our church on this hill that you can see all around town. It's pretty cool. Um, and the first season of songs on that to me is always, it's, uh, it's always anchored back to my freshman year of college, which was probably the most depressing time in my life. But I grew spiritually a huge, huge amount. And a lot of it was because like every day I would get up and I would pop my my headphones in and I would walk like by myself on UT's campus and I would just listen to that album over and over and over. Was and over that here. from the, the give me Jesus by Cheryl Butler? No, I think that was from, uh, when I survey with oh. Ryan, I could be wrong about that though. Okay. In my well, head it is. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably, I mean, you're probably right. I'm, mean, you know, all I can hear is the bass line of that song. But that uh, was you, wasn't it? It was me. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I was going to bring that up just as a thing of like, oh man, this is something I know about you is that you probably can't read this scripture without hearing Potsy's voice because he reads it in, in that song. There was an interesting thing when I was recording Potsy reading that for that song um, where, you know how you can, you can read a sentence and put different emphasis on different syllables to change the way the sentence sounds. 
So um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us <clears throat> is the way I usually read that. And it's the way I always hear people read it. Probably how I just read it. Yeah. And, and it's, it is the way that you just read it. When I recorded Potsy reading that, he said, well, we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And he put, his, he put the emphasis on the us. Mm. And <clears throat> I thought that was so, like, it, it was just so interesting and different. And it made, me, it made me change my focus in the thing of saying, like, yes, Christ died. But he did it for us. It was, it was for something. And it was for someone. It was for me. And it was for you. It was on purpose to accomplish something for us. Mm. It was really, really cool. And the thing that grabbed my attention, other than that, this morning when you read this, was just that phrase, at, at just the right time. Mm. It was like, there's like a... Um, I love a good... like I do not like horror movies. Gory horror movies or anything like that but i love suspense mm. i love a thriller i love where like there's a plan or something like that and that kind of an action movie where everything is coming down to the the one moment where everything's got to kick off in just the right way mm-hmm. and there's a there's a feeling about this that feels like a cinematic it feels like a dramatic cinematic thing of like everything had gotten to this fever pitch of sinfulness and awfulness and at just the right time Jesus swooped in and became the hero mm. and I I've I don't know I think that's really really cool and that's that's cool Maddie uh Maddie loves she pointed us out the other day she we were watching extraction too and we thought that it was getting close to being over so and she cool. said she said no, no no it's not almost over because they haven't had that moment where all the good guys look like they're about to lose <laughs> and she said, but none's better than that. I think it was the dark Knight. She said, no, no oh. scene is better than in the dark Knight rises than when, uh, yeah, he's getting his face destroyed by Bane. Yeah. That's what Maddie said. And I was like, getting his face. Oh, gosh, your brain Bane. is, or yeah, I don't know if she said, she said something like that. Just like the very pounded. first time I saw the dark Knight rises, I remember turning to Christy in the theater and saying, they can't come back from this. Mm. It's over. The, the, Gotham is doomed. This is too much. It's too far. And Christopher Nolan like finds a way. Yeah. At just the right time. Right. Yeah. It was very, very, very cool. Um, I was going to read something and then all of a sudden I want to do something else. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Tasty. (laughs) So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 27 because, you know, you've got me on this thing that like especially kind of thinking about the way Patsy read that scripture and that song. And now I'm going to have to put that song at the end of the, at the end of the podcast. Yeah. I just don't know why that I know why it's not on Spotify, but I just don't know why it's not on Spotify. Yeah. I know logically why it's not on Spotify. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my favorite album of all time. The, <laughs> thank you. Pal. It really is. I'm not, that, that may have sounded cheeky. I'm being well, serious. I, I'll have to hand pretty much all the credit to Jed Brewer because he, he led me in a direction with the production of that record that made it super unique and very in, in a very specific way. And I remember, I remember getting a lot of encouragement from Aaron Vargas about the the style of the music on that record, mm. and um, and it meant a lot because we were like we were driving at that audience and mm. at something that he liked in music, and so it was cool. Um, okay, the Bible 
is notorious for being understated. Hmm. Like just passing over little moments where you're like, wait, 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 what? And we were talking about one in our community group on Sunday morning, and I have to hand it to Carl Flato because he, it was, it was that moment where after Jesus has died and then like it says that, you know, that, that the tombs were opened after an earthquake and rocks split and oh, yeah. a lot of dead people came out of their graves mm-hmm. and went back into the city after Jesus rose from the dead. And Carl was like, I think we need some more sentences. I think we need more here, Matthew. I think we need to know, like, was it a thousand people? Was it 30 people? Mm. If it was 30 or less, we need their names. I'm sorry, we just need their names. And so what are we looking at? Like, but the Bible does this all the time. It's just notoriously understated, humongous moments. And it'll just be a a, a statement. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no example of this that's more clear than the actual crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, when you hear people give talks about Jesus dying on the cross, they'll get, sometimes they get unbelievably detailed. Mm -hmm. They get all into, you know, everything that was happening in his, like all of the pain that he endured and all, I mean, just sometimes the level of gory detail that people go into when they're describing the crucifixion, it's like, it's too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Were you there? Yeah. And like, also the Bible does not do that. Right. So much so, and I'm going to show you this in a second. I'm going to prove this. So much so that the moment that Jesus is crucified in Matthew chapter 27, not only is it understated, it just, the the narrative flies past it and grabs it in the past tense. Mm. And then it's not even the driving emphasis of that sentence Mm. where you're like, what? Okay, I'm going to show you what I mean right here in just a second. Uh, the crucifixion of Jesus is, we're going to start, um, let's just start at 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. And then here we go. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Like, we just, we literally raced past yeah. the crucifixion and then talked about it in the past tense. But the driving force of that sentence isn't even about Jesus. Right. It's not even about the crucifixion. Right. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like a footnote yeah. to describe this other thing that happens, which is the guards stole his clothes right. and then started uh, like, like gambling to see who would get them. Yeah. Um, they're throwing dice to see who gets Jesus's clothes, which of course is a fulfillment of scripture and Psalm 22. But like, this is fascinating to Mm -hmm. me that literally, which we kind of talked about this with the Romans five thing that you brought up at just the right time. It's like everything in the history of the world, like you said, for thousands of years, people have been screwing up, sinning all over themselves, Mm -hmm. making a gigantic mess of the world and their relationships and everything. And everything has been leading to this moment. All all the ritual ceremony of animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, all of the promises and prophecies of scripture, all of it, Jesus' entire life and his ministry, everything has been leading to this one moment. Mm. And Matthew literally has to, he has to rewind to give it to us. He has to pause, rewind the tape back. When they had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes mm, yeah. by casting lots. 
Like that is so fascinating to me. And I don't even know what hay I want to make out of it, but I, I just think it's interesting that everything has led to this moment and then we just zoom past it. Yeah. Except to say that whenever I, cause I read through the gospels often um, because he's our rabbi. I want, I want his teachings and his words and his actions in my face every day. Mm-hmm. So I always read through the gospels, but like the thing that I always try to do whenever I get to, the moment of the death of Jesus in any one of the gospels. And I'll usually write this down in my little book where I write down prayers and stuff like that is it really happened. Mm. They really did this to you and you really allowed it. Right. You didn't pull back. You went all the way there. Mm. It really, really happened. But Matthew has to rewind and tell us and his driving force of the sentence is, Oh yeah, they stole his clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I, uh, it's almost like he needed to stick that thing in there to make sure it had a, I mean, just like he was like, oh crap, I need to make sure that I tie up that prophecy and make sure that they know that that was a thing that happened. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I also got to put this part in there. It's it's crazy. Oh, by the way, they crucified Jesus. Yeah, by the way, they crucified Jesus. Um, who, yeah, the, the thing you're saying about it really happened, that is something that, that hits home for me, just as somebody who's been, uh, somebody who's been steeped in this faith, I mean, you have your, like, I have my own personal walk with Jesus and I discovered that, I don't know, I don't have a date, right? Like I don't have like a, sure, sure, sure. this was the day this happened. And that is a result of the fact that I have grown up in church. And I mean, honestly, sometimes I, if I'm, if I'm not careful, I can get a little bit envious of the fact that like, man, I don't have this like big transformation moment. Like this, this like, I was here at this spot when I decided it just like, there was a, there was a time in my life where it was like, wait, I'm doing this for myself now. I'm not, I'm no longer a product of somebody who believes because I was raised in a family in a church. Yeah, There's probably not a, def- you probably can't think of a definitive time in your life where you didn't actually believe this was true. Right. Exactly. I really can't, which can be confusing to be honest with you. And a little bit, uh, a little bit, like, I don't know. Did you ever hear Matt King say that thing on Say That about, you know, like, the drama of your testimony is not important. Right. And he's, he said, it's, you're not less saved if you didn't, um, if, if you weren't um, in the middle of a, you know, South American uh, cocaine cartel in a, in a drug deal that was happening on an airplane above you know, Medellin and you parachuted out and something went wrong with the parachute and you accidentally landed in a church right. and heard the message of the gospel right. and were baptized immediately. He's like, you're not less saved if that's not your story. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's often that you, you could hear where we live. It's a pretty off like common conversation. Why I was there when they were baptized. So I know, right. If that's true, if that's one, if that's 100% the case, then when I was seven, that's when I got baptized. And, but I also would say at the same time, I very vividly remember being a seven-year-old who was baptized saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. Like, and I, yeah. I haven't swayed from that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. But, uh, at some point in there, I have this like thing where this became my own personal walk with Jesus, as opposed to I'm anchored at the hip at whatever my family yeah. or my parents you began believe. to follow him. Yeah. Yes. It's a good word. Um, all that to say, if I, I mean like, and I don't want to, I don't want to relegate this to just the 
the South East United States. But like, if you are somebody who has grown up submerged in this, there are things that you read and hear more often. And it's important to take time, like what you're saying to say, wait, this really happened. This isn't just a story that I've heard my whole life. Yeah. I don't believe that. Right. Like I don't have this thing in my heart that is like, it's just a story I've read my whole life. But when it's something you have read a million times, I mean like maybe that's a bit dramatic a thousand times. It's important still to take time and make sure that you like recenter your heart and say, this is legit. This is real. And I'm grateful that you said that because that's, that's such a cool, um, that's such a cool little pocket of language that I can steal from you, which I've done a lot in my life. Um, I personally think Matthew probably didn't have a relative who came and spoke to him. And that's probably why he didn't include any names. Cause I can't imagine being an author of this and then having a conversation with your great grandfather and not writing down like, I know. Cause if I'm Matthew, it's like, Oh dude, my, my great uncle Mordecai came like <laughs> came into the city and I got to hang out with them. And so, well, it would be, you know, it, that would be so cool. You it know, it would be so cool. You would think, like Uncle Morty, like Uncle Morty. It, would be, it would be like that would that would be so, that'd be so rad. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Matthew had that. I don't think he had that conversation. Do you think? Um, do, do you? Uh, don't say it. I'm just asking if you think that Zacchaeus the raccoon could have gotten saved from this podcast. I think. I, I, I do know for a fact. Zacchaeus was in this room. He has multiple rooms he can go in. <laughs> he was in this room during prayer yesterday. Yeah. I don't know where he is right now. I haven't heard him this morning. Yeah. I know you haven't heard him, but I haven't. Ouch. Okay. That, see, that's inappropriate. After last night and all the texts that I got and a group text that we're in. Listen, dude. <laughs> I, I, I can't help facts. When Tamara, when Tamara walked over to the studio and pointed at that air duct and said, "I have heard him up here," I just thought, "How has it been going on this long?" We like, did well, it I know Lee didn't hear him because obviously Lee doesn't hear. I'm sorry, that was so mean. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There are times in my life where I have found out that I've actually offended you, like years later, and this is going to be one of them. <laughs> no, this is it is not Lee, and it's okay if it is. I'm What's sorry. funny is when you think that you've upset me and you haven't at all but you won't let it go and you try to talk me into it. And I'm like, you can torture yourself if you want to. I really don't care about this. Well, one. but there have been times when I have really hurt you. Well, Dang yeah. It. Then we talk about it. I know. I love you, buddy. I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> you have to delete that. <laughs> All right. I guys, we're so glad to have you back. Um, we're glad, glad Thomas is back from Missouri where it's only 88 degrees and not 112. But also we have all the smoke from all the wildfires in Canada. Yeah, it's really tough. Above our, our air quality is terrible right yeah. now. Um, Rob Logan cracked me up so much when he said, what is this, Dune? And <laughs> in one of our text threads, and that just, oh, LOL, it was so, so hard. It was the perfect joke. And then I used it later on somebody in a store. Just stole it from Rob and used it. That's oh, kind of, that was so great. Um, I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. This has been Ancient New.
from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingle down. Did there such love and sorrow meet? Or God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small? Christ died for us.